Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, May the 12th. And as we like to do once a week, we'll be checking with our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez in South Texas. George, of course, always brings us up to date on what's happening down on the border, and especially this week, a pretty, uh, let's just say, a pretty crazy week down on the border. So hello, George. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much for the invitation, as usual. It's uh I got to tell you, I got to begin with this story. Happy Mother's Day on Sunday. So we say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, there is a movement, I guess, among some of, uh, among, uh, among some of the wackos in our society that they want to do away with Mother's Day and call it uh, Birthing Persons Day, I guess, uh, which uh, I would get very angry if anybody would call my mother a birthing person. Uh, but these people, George... These people, they, they, don't want, they don't want to keep it to themselves. No. It's like they have to force it on you. It's yes, crazy. That's right. That's right. I mean, because they feel this way, they've got, you've got to feel the same way. And this is the insanity. This is the true insanity of this whole movement is, uh, is that uh, you have to accept their insanity. And right. it is. I mean, uh, mother is a mother, I mean, for, for, since the beginning of time. Yeah, and I, uh, now all of a sudden we're going to change it because some people are insecure about it because some people uh, feel um, uh, that it's it's it, it is their designation. Uh, you know, fine, call yourself whatever you want to, but I don't have to participate in your insanity. Right, Sorry. that's right. No, and if they want to call their moms birthing persons and their mom doesn't care, let it be. Then but don't don't you know don't insult the rest of us by even. Um, bringing it up by yeah. forcing us that's right that's, so, the problem. that's right well i gotta get before we get to title 42 that's our big story and the border of course but i just want to run through a couple of quick things uh what did you think of this trump cnn town hall <laughs> meeting right well you know i was one of those individuals that thought it wasn't a good idea at first uh i mean i i know i knew what cnn was going to try to do is ambush him in some form or fashion and they did um, they put a uh, young lady, a very, very young, good-looking lady, uh, against him. And, uh, you know, they, they wanted him to look like a bully and out of control. What happened was that she looked like a nag, and he just defended himself very logically. Now, all of his arguments, of course, were poo-pooed immediately by the liberal press. However, you can't deny what he said. Uh, you know, the very, very beginning of his comments about um, the price of gasoline, the price mm -hmm. of food, right. uh, you know, it sank the whole, uh, their whole mission right off the bat. Right. And it went downhill from that. And then, oh, yeah. and then whenever he tried to, to address other issues, 
she would try to reposition uh, uh, herself, and she came across very poorly. I think so, and I don't know why they selected her. Obviously, I, I don't well, know. I think it was. I think it was. It was. It was strictly for photogenics. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. She is a. a you're right. Very telegenic. She looks great on. On TV, no question about that, but young and attractive and looks good. And, you know, she speaks well. But I think her biggest mistake, uh, George, uh, is that if you're going to do a town hall meeting, let the people ask questions. <laughs> I mean, w yeah. what you do is you start out by saying, hey, welcome to the town hall meeting. Uh, this is President Trump, and uh, we want to get as many of your questions as possible. Well, not in a, what, Soviet, in a Soviet style uh, town meeting. You're not, you, you, you know, the people don't ask questions. Yes. <laughs> but I, th I thought the questions the audience asked were very good questions, very thoughtful questions. And, you know, it's funny because after the, the town hall, they were interviewing some of the voters who were there. And the, the fellow from CNN who was talking to them said, uh, why is Trump always talking about 2020? And one of the voters said, well, it's because you keep asking him about it. Because we're not asking him about it, you are, and I thought that was a that was a very profound uh, statement. But I think the mistake was that if you're going to have, if you're going to have a, I mean, the attraction of a town hall meeting to me is exactly that, that the voters are going to get their their questions, and by engaging in these stupid little arguments with him, uh, she probably took uh, enough time away from from other questions that the voters wanted to wanted to ask so i mean i think overall from what i'm hearing it didn't go well didn't go inside well. cnn and what happens to this young woman i don't know i hope that her career is not destroyed no, I mean, I, I, it's not it, it's really not her fault it's there it's they were they were the ones that planned it i mean it was to me right. it was like uh you know it was Custer charging into into the indian village well <laughs> you know you can't blame the soldiers for following no 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 That's they right. were the ones that Custer planned it if you thought it was a good idea, the CNN leadership thought it was a good idea. Well, you you got the feeling that they were feeding her information, as sometimes yes. they do, yes. through the earphone yes. or the ear set. And you got the feeling they were telling him, you know, ask this and ask, ask, that. This, ask that. She did have some notes in front of her, but she, you got the feeling they were telling her. And, and there were questions that, you know, again, there were questions that CNN wanted to find out about. Right. And Not, that, that's the problem, that... Not the rest of us. Not the rest of us. I mean, I, I, I want to find out how we're ever going to get back to $1.87 gasoline. I would like to find that out. I would love to know that. I would love to find out. You know, there's something that it was completely avoided in this uh, town hall debate, which I think is very important. In fact, I've got a post about this coming out Saturday morning. I'll send you a, a copy of it when, they, when it gets posted. And it, it's what China is doing. At this moment, China is cutting deals with lots of countries in the third world. They're, they're walking into Latin America. They're building this. They're doing that. They're making deals for natural resources. China and, uh, and Lula, the president of Brazil, have just made a deal that basically crashes the U.S. dollar. They're not using the U.S. dollar. And those are, those are far more interesting questions to me because they're going to have an impact on me, on us. Yeah, yeah on you have an impact on on us. You know, this whole situation of the colonization, the global colonization of uh, by China. Um, you know, everybody screams and yells about yells about the imperialism 
and the capitalism of, of the United States. Well, what about them? What, what are they doing? Well, in fact, I just saw a report today, this afternoon, that China is, you know, looking for, you know, whatever the raw material is for the electric battery for the cars. Yeah. And they're they're cutting deals with all these countries. And this is happening right here. Uh, and, and nobody's challenging China on this. And China seems to be, you know, just dashing ahead, you know, like yeah. uh, like, uh, you know, like a running back who who who, uh, who doesn't run into much of a defense. And that, to me, was more important. I mean, the situation in, I mean, she did ask a question about Ukraine, uh, but she should have asked a question about Taiwan. She should have asked about China running around all over the world. There should have been more talk about the border and the cartels and some of the problems that, that we'll be getting, getting into in a minute. Another story that I want to touch on, George, and this is relevant to Texas because we've had a conversation here in Texas about increasing the age to buy an AR-15 or a rifle, I guess, uh, from 18 to 21. That conversation has been had here. You know, every time we have one of these terrible shootings, uh, there's like the flavor of the week, you know, with respect to gun control. There's like the flavor of the week. And the flavor of the week now is raising the age to buy um, AR-15 or a rifle. And this passed in, in Virginia, if not in Virginia, in that part of the, in the country, and a federal judge shot it down. They says, you can't do that. It violates the Second Amendment. And I'm glad the judge did it, uh, George, because when you deny an 18-year-old the opportunity to buy a, a rifle. What? An 18-year-old who can vote and serve in the military. Exactly. And, an, I mean, it, look, many of these 18-year-olds are, frankly, more responsible than, you know, adults. And they're, we're not living on the street. That's it. I mean, we're not, we don't, we're, we don't have people shooting because they bought a gun at 18 rather than 21. That's right. We've got lots of other problems, but that. So I'm glad that the judge shot it down because I I understood that the governor was going to veto this. It'll never get to his desk because it'll probably never get through the House or the Senate here. But but I'm glad that it got shut down, and now we know that it's unconstitutional, George. It it is. Unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be the end of it. I think they're going to continue to push it. Uh, push the age issue or any issue that they can so that they can um, uh, stop the, uh, the, uh, uh, the ownership of uh, certain guns, if not all guns. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm hoping that uh, they'll learn and they'll see that this is, this is a ridiculous argument that they should move on to something else. Yeah. But then again, I don't know. Well, they won't move on to something else. They'll come up with yeah. some other flavor of the week the next time something happens. But I don't think this guy in Allen, Texas, who shot at the shopping center, you mean the, the, the guy, Hispanic white supremacist? Yeah, that's right. The, that's <laughs> right. The, what a combination is that? <laughs> well, the remember Hispanic that was the same argument. Remember that yeah. was the same argument that was used in uh, in Florida uh, with the uh, the the Cuban American guy that um, that uh, shot the black guy. That he was not really a, a Hispanic. The right. Obama administration immediately jumped on that and said, no, he was a white Hispanic. Right. Yeah, I guess there are some of those who qualify under that uh, criteria. But we are many flavors. Hispanics are many flavors. Yes. And and maybe different tacos, right? I understand uh, different, yeah. different tacos. I, 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 I've heard love, that before. I, I, I still love Celia Cruz. <laughs> yes, so do I. 
All right. So I think that issue is probably dead, at least in the courts. It may it may have some life with logical people. Yes. Yeah. With the liberal legislatures. Now, let's talk about what's happening down on the border. And I, you probably have had a chance to see some of it yourself directly. I've been down there. Yes, you have. Yeah. Now, one of the questions I have is the, the role of the Texas National Guard. The governor has apparently deployed a pretty sizable chunk of soldiers National Guard soldiers. I didn't know, George, I learned something this week. I didn't know that we had some kind of a Texas version of like special forces. Yeah. That because these are the guys who are down there, you know, very elite military people. And they're down there and they're the ones who are putting that barbed wire. And I saw a picture where they were literally like plugging holes so that people couldn't come through. So tell me about the Texas National Guard. What have you what have you seen? And just, just to re- your impressions of what they're doing, George. Well, we've got to understand, first of all, that the only thing that's going to stop the current surge that we've got, which is massive, which is something uh, biblical. I mean, that's the way that I can describe it. It's everywhere uh, along the border from, from uh, California to Brownsville. What, we're, what uh, these folks are trying to do, these special forces folks are trying to do, is literally close those gaps or those places that have the, the largest, greatest traffic. Uh, they are being, they are literally uh, jumping around. I mean, it's like a, a linebacker who's trying to stop the run anywhere and everywhere it's happening. And uh, in this case, uh, they are putting up barbed wire, which like in, in El Paso yesterday, was uh, no sooner did they put it up than it had been cut. Uh, they've been putting it up, up along the uh, southern uh, portion of, the, of, of South Texas on, between Brownsville and McAllen. They've been putting up along there, a lot there. Uh, they're, they're, they are playing def- a defensive role. Now, unfortunately, once people are through, they turn them over to the Border Patrol, and the Border Patrol either... Uh, well, in rare cases, uh, sends them back uh, or sends them to a processing center and they are released immediately. Uh, in the past, when they had time, they would try to process those that they caught coming in uh, uh, through the non-entry points. And the reason being is because most people that come in through the non-entry points are trying to evade, trying to evade the, um, the Border Patrol, trying to evade being detected. And there's usually a reason why they want to do that. Uh, either they have a criminal background uh, or they've been, been deported several times before and they already have a fingerprint right. on file. Uh, there, there's various reasons. What, unfortunately, the, um, the, the, the uh, special forces, the National Guard right now is trying to do, they're playing very much a defensive game. They are running uh, like crazy, uh, putting up uh, barbed wire, uh, literally stopping uh, people from coming in immediately and uh, as quickly as they can at the at, at the edge of the river. Um, it seems to be working in some cases. In other cases, it, it's fruitless. Well, I guess it depends uh, on the flow of people, um, you know, because it if you're talking... It depends on the site and the flow of people. Yeah. In the, yeah. In, in far west Texas, um, they're not doing very good because... I mean, it's so expansive and so wide. Right, it's wide open. You it's mean like, open. like El Paso and that region right. there? Anywhere, uh, 
really, to be honest, anywhere between El Paso and Del Rio, I mean, it's wide open. Once they're wide open. River, you can, you know, it's more, it's more difficult uh, south of Laredo down to, to uh, Brownsville because it's more populated. Uh, there, are, there are more ranchers in that area that have been suffering for a longer time, and they're ready to help put up mm -hmm. uh, uh, whatever defenses can be done. Uh, and it's easier to, co to cover the, the trails. But it's it's very very difficult. I mean, uh, it, it's it, it is a very very much a defensive effort right. that's almost fruitless. I mean, if it's difficult to do it in West Texas uh, or that part there between, let's say, Del Rio, as you say, and El Paso, which is just wide open. I mean, you just that you, that's just wide open territory. Five hundred miles. Yeah, five. Uh, just nothing. There's nothing there. You know, I think there's a road or something that Big uh, on the border there. But then it must be very easy to get in through Arizona, New Mexico, and California because those three states have not been proactive like Texas. At least Texas is trying to. New Mexico, New Mexico has a governor has a governor that hasn't done anything about right. it. Right. So, so you would think true. you would think that people are being directed to those areas. Uh, I mean, well, if if the objective yes. is to come in, those areas are far easier to penetrate. That's my sense, George. Well, what what I am finding, and uh, you know, this is something that I'm going to write about tomorrow, is what I'm finding is that the media is very, very being very, very duped in this whole situation because um, they're not reporting very, very much. The mainstream media, uh, for example, the Texas Tribune uh, wrote an article this morning that said that um, that the situation is not as bad as as what they thought it would be the federal officials the federal officials said it it's not as bad as it as as the, as, as they uh, thought it was going to be now these are the same federal officials like Mallorca who claimed that there was no problem to begin right. with right. Uh, or Kamala who is completely dis disengaged from the situation yeah has um, anybody seen her by the way have you but you see her when you were down there I, I haven't seen her lately it's pretty embarrassing her. pretty embarrassing and so, that... and, and so what we've got what we've got is this situation we've got this situation where it is bad. I mean, the people are so depressed uh, and the media doesn't, isn't, isn't reporting it. So you mean the border we, patrol people are depressed? The, the residents, yeah, oh, the, the residents, officials, yeah. uh, people that uh, are the businesses, right. Property owners, not to mention the border patrol and the, um, and, and the troopers and the, um, and now the, um, the special forces. I mean, they're, they're, the minute that you were trying, it's like trying to put a, a finger in in in, uh, in a dike. Right. Now, it, something else that that I've picked up, and just from body language, the migrants are also starting to get a little frustrated because uh, it's. I, I saw an interview with with a, a young woman today on the TV. Now she was speaking in Spanish, but they were translating it. And the interview basically said, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but she basically said, if I had known this, I would not have come. Yeah. And I wonder how many people in those camps and in those places are feeling that way. Now, most of these people, George, as you know, had to pay money to get up there. So they're already deep. I mean, whatever savings they had, whatever money they had, it's gone. And so where are they going to go? Uh, I mean, if they're going to go back to Venezuela, for example, how are they going to do that? If they're going to go back wherever they came from, how are they going to do that? Because there really isn't, you know, this is a one-way street. There isn't really a way back. 
that the, the criminal element, the smugglers don't give you a, a, a ticket back. They just bring you to the border. So I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with some of these people because they're at least the one that I saw. And you look at the faces. And again, this is my impression. If you look at the faces of some of these people, they're not happy sitting they're not. In, in El Paso, wherever they're sitting. And, and, they're, and they're not going to be happy sitting in, in, in homeless shelters in New York or Chicago either. Well, that's it. And, and there could be as many as 40,000, I hear, yeah. that could end up in those shelters. Let me tell you about a disingenuous situation yes. that, 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 we are, that we need to start focusing on. First of all, we were talking about uh, the... Um, uh, the case in Virginia regarding 18-year-olds. The reason that the federal government took that case and was pushing it was because they've come out, some expert, and you can find experts for anything anywhere, but some expert came out and designated young, uh, unmarried men uh, who live at home as being dangerous because supposedly those are the ones that buy the guns and then go out and commit the, the, the mass murders. Wow. Now, that, was, that is a designation that they have, they have, seen, they have uh, pushed on uh, citizens. However, at the migrant center here in San Antonio, the vast majority of people that you see coming in who are starting to get frustrated, not to mention aggressive and arrogant in some cases, are young men from these countries that are coming in. Right. What are we going to do when those young men start getting Well, I'll pregnant? tell you I'll tell you what could happen. I mean, and this actually did happen in Juarez, Ciudad Juarez uh, in the last 30 days. Uh, there was a camp down there of these people waiting to come, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, they started protesting and uh, somebody got the idea, why don't we just set something on fire to to make a point? And they had ended up burning themselves, like 40 of them, uh, inside this, this place, like 40 of them were killed. Uh, now, there was a lot of negligence on the part of the Mexican authorities on that. That's true. I wouldn't expect that same kind of negligence up here. But still, I mean, it's a dangerous thing. You have all these young men uh, who, you know, who I, maybe some of them want to work. Uh, I don't know if they have families. But you remember with Mariel, you know, there were lots of single young men who became uh, the criminal problem. That That's what it was. So uh, now what did, let, let me uh, ask you another question here because is, is, um, there's so much material. I want to make sure we, we, we get to it. I mean, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously we will do our next show and do more follow-up next week. But there, a judge last night stopped uh, the parole, I understand. I think I'm using the words correctly. He stopped the parole. And now the, the Attorney General of Texas, Paxton, today also filed a lawsuit. Are these two the same thing, George? Yeah, what uh, the, I mean, what t was planned, uh, planned, and I use that word very, very broadly, what was planned by the, by the Biden administration was continuing this uh, release program because it's not, nobody's being caught. Anybody who introduces themselves, they are given a date uh, for, um, for appearance and then released. And so uh, what was, uh, I mean, what's been pushed is an expanded catch and release program uh, for anybody and everybody coming across. They're all given, a, a, they would all be given a, a date. However, the, uh, the judge says, no, I mean, you've got to check these people out in some form or fashion. 
it was expedited. I mean, in the past, at least, they would ask them, you know, where are you going, who are you going to be with, uh, what are your intentions, et cetera, et cetera, what's your background. But in this case, nowadays, because there are so many coming across, they expedited it, which means all they were doing was just giving them a date. Well, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't, I mean, uh, even, even if you're going to look at, uh, at it from a citizen constitutional point of view, then the person to appear in court has to have done something, you know, that uh, requires that. Either they are applying for, for citizenship or they committed a crime. In this case, they're not telling them anything. Boom, they're just right. giving them the date and turning moves. It's, it's, it's insane. I mean, that, is. that is just totally insane. It really is. It, I mean, the, the, the one thing that, I mean, and I can speak here as, as someone who came to the country many years ago with my parents, and I was a kid, but nevertheless, we, we came here. But as you know, with the Cubans, there was a process. There was a order. Maria was the process. <laughs> yeah, Maria was the exception. That was an isolated thing. But, but Maria on steroids. That's right. Yeah, that's it. But, but I mean, for the most part, the Cubans who came here, the Vietnamese who came here in the 70s, the Russian Jews who came here in the 80s, all of these other people who've come in as, as refugees, as our family did, there was at least a process. You know, we weren't all coming in at one time. You know, there was a orderly process, and, and that is how we came in. There is, no order, there is no order to this. No, situation. here there isn't. Now, interesting little thing that happened in the windy city of Chicago, uh, and it's also happening around New York City. In the windy city of Chicago, the lovely windy city of Chicago, uh, some of the black neighborhoods are not responding very well to these, you know, new wow. neighbors. They, I mean, I saw a video of a bunch of citizens saying, hey, why are you taking care of them and not us? And that's a real problem. Uh, New York City, the mayor is having the same problem. Now, he's not sending them to black neighborhoods. He's sending them, I guess, to the interior of New York or the counties around New York City. But People are rebelling to this madness, George. People and are going to rebel. Yes, they are. I you think can't. We're going to see this much more. Uh, we're going to see a situation where, just like uh, in the defund the police movement, the crime went up, and all of a sudden they're, they're having to retract. However, now police officers, because they're not respected, because they don't have the, the ability to do what they once did, are refusing to come back to work. The situation we're going to have now is the same thing with uh, with uh, immigration. Right. Um, we're going to expect people to open our arms to refugees, to migrants. But the fact of the matter is that these folks are going to be getting are going to be getting the same rights and benefits that a citizen does, and that's where you're going to see a lot of a lot. That's of where you're going to and and many of the constituencies rebelling against this yes. are Democrat constituencies. They're the ones who are rebelling because they're saying, "Hey, wait a minute." Now, George. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll look at this next week, and this is a story that I'm sure will be around next week. But if you look ahead three months, do you see this thing leveling off, or 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 at, no, is, I don't. going to level off. This is this is the depressing situation that we are seeing. We're not only we're we're seeing it accelerate every day, and the reason being because everybody knows now is the time to come, and there's no right. problem. And that's it. That is the problem. Everybody sees the opening, and. Uh, uh, you know. That's a depressing situation, and and I, I, you know, three months from today, we're going to be talking about what's the impact on smaller communities. But um, you know, right now, New York, Philadelphia, 
Chicago, they're feeling the brunt, and they're screaming about a few hundred. Right. Well, based on the number of buses that left yesterday, they may be getting more than a couple hundred. Yeah. What's fascinating, again, what's fascinating, the response to the overcrowding at the migrant center here in San Antonio, for example, by the uh, local Democrat-run government is we need more money. Instead of saying, let's control the border, let's stop this madness, let's control it, no, they want more money. Who, who, who do they think is going to send them more money, George? Because I don't think the Texas legislature is going to do that. And they I don't want it think... from anybody. They want it from yeah. the federal government. They want it from the state. They want it. They want to raise our taxes. So I mean, it's well, yeah, be... but I mean, they they may want to do that, but exactly. I think that's going to be uh... that's the other rebellion is going to come from. Yeah, because I don't see that happening in this legislature, and I don't see the House right now doing that. And, and by the way, if you look at California, and I just want to make a quick note about this. California has a $33 billion deficit <laughs> this year. They're going to have to make that up because, you know, they've got to balance the books. Like, like well, the they've got to do. pay for those reparations now. But they can't afford them. Well, you know, when you have a $33 billion budget, you know, they you open have that to door. They open that door and the, and the horses are out. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, anyway. Well, George, as always, uh, thank you for your time. Did you ever believe, George, that on the 12th of May, that the Texas Rangers would be in first place uh, by about three games over the Astros. Any, did, did you no, expect I that? Didn't. I didn't, but we can talk about that on the 4th of July, and we'll see if we're Well, ready. sure. I mean, there's a lot of baseball left, but, I, but, I, but I'll take it. I mean, I'll take, uh, I'll take first place I'm on May 12th. I'm still very sad, Silvio. I'm still very sad because the NFL combine, the NFL, uh, the NFL uh, draw came along, and they still didn't call me. The Cowboys didn't <laughs> call me. Well, I, I got to talk to Jerry Jones about that because I think you would make a great linebacker. Um, I think you would make a great linebacker. But I, I got to talk to Jerry Jones about that because you wouldn't be that expensive and you would make a, a great linebacker. I mean, in the name of equity, tell him in the name of equity, right. he does not have enough representation from Hispanic. Elder well, Hispanic. look, I think the NFL needs a linebacker named Rodriguez. I, I think that would that would be a, a good way of promoting the the NFL. George, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day, and we'll revisit this topic uh, uh, a week from now. I'm sure it'll be out there. I, let's see what it's like in a week. <laughs> I have a feeling that it's going to get more interesting. I just, you know, I got to say this again. I feel sorry. Uh, maybe maybe sorry is not the right word, but I have sympathy yeah. for some of these. Many of these people who've just been waiting there for months, they've been sold a bag of lies. Oh, they have. And and you and not only that, but somebody's taken a lot of their money to get up to the border. So they well, were. What, what's really, I mean, when we interviewed a young a young Venezuelan family yes. a couple of a couple of days ago, and they had brought their pet, and I, it broke my heart. They brought yeah. their little dog with them because they're not going to be able to travel with their dog. Right. You know? And um, and and the veterinarians are telling them, you know, they. they You've got to do this. The homeless shelter that they're going to be going to in New York does not allow the pet. So, wow. uh, you know, that's a heartbreaker. If if it's a, a family pet, uh, yeah. I'm sure that's uh, that's quite a. And the kids the kids were already crying about it. Yeah, and, and so you know, it's so sad. These people they they paid all this money to come up, and it's not turning out the way they were promised. And once they come up here, they don't necessarily have the ability to work. So they're going to have to depend on some kind of charity. 
What happens if they get sick? Where are they going to go? I mean, I assume some doctors will work for free, but I, there's a limit to that. And the schooling, who's going to, I mean, th- these kids are going to have to go to school. You can't just have them hanging around a refugee center. What, what, a, what a mess. That's all I can say. What a, what a self-inflicted mess this whole thing, this whole thing has been. I, I, I just don't know what else to say. George, have a great week. Thank you. And I look forward to our next uh, our next chat. Our good friend uh, George Rodriguez uh, from South Texas. He's got a radio show. He's got a, a website. He does a lot of great work in South Texas, and he's sort of our point man when we want to talk about what's happening down there. But I'll just say it again: what a mess, self inflicted mess, and what tremendous what a tremendous lie. And that's what it is. These people were sold a lie to come up here. They had to pay for it because somebody had to bring them up here. It's not a free ride. And now, you know, many of them are not going to be able to get in. Or if they get in, they're not going to qualify. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Thank you for listening. Everybody have a great weekend. And again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. At least we can all agree on that. Happy happy Mother's Day uh, to all the moms out there from your wife to your mother to your sister, everybody out there who we remember, your friends who we remember on Mother's Day. One thing that I like about our church on Mother's Day, all the ladies get up and we give them a big applause. And that's a, that's a nice thing. That's the, the least we can do for everything that mothers do for us. Have a great weekend, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.